Philippians chapter 1. All right. So uh, uh, Melissa will have the handouts here in just a minute. And so we, we read the, we started off by reading the whole chapter last week. So uh, we'll read at least through verse 6. So Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making request with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Even it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye are all partakers of my grace. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you in the bowels of Jesus Christ. And so a lot of what we're talking about in the beginning of Philippians chapter 1 here is, well, let me just read that the, we've already covered the, the salutation, the greeting is where we're starting here. Letter A is great, uh, God's grace and peace to the saints, bishops, and deacons of the church at Philippi. That was verses 1 and 2. And then Paul was grateful for the saints' fellowship at Philippi. If I remember correctly, that's pretty much where we just touched on last week, that uh, Paul was grateful for their fellowship. And then uh, letter I there is to be able to sincerely thank God for brethren. Every time you think of someone, they must truly be special. This is the work of the Holy Spirit drawing us closer to Christ and each other. Now, there is a natural love that people have for someone that you love or you identify with. You know, a natural love for a son for his mother. That's pretty natural. Um, <laughs> however, you know, even as we mentioned that, the Bible mentions in the latter times, even that will be missing. There will be a not there there will be a, a, a kind of a common natural omission of natural affection. And listen, as we draw closer to the end times, a general thing that's becoming more and more true in the world, and in and let's face it, let's 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 just let's just keep our discussion based upon the world that we know in America. People are becoming less and less inclined to love others. And that is a consequence of the absence of a love for God. This is this is just a natural progression as people get farther and farther from God it is becoming more that that is part of what happens as you eject God from your life and from society. And in our society, and, and, and we, we should be careful, I am I am guilty often of belly aching too much about how America just ain't what she used to be. And, uh, and, and it's refreshing to me sometimes to hear the preacher that I listen to through the week when he says 40 years ago that America ain't what she used to be. <laughs> so listen, I guess preachers are kind of the same. But um, anyway, the point is, is that it is, it is a natural consequence as people get farther and farther from the presence of God amongst us that people become more selfish, more self-centered, self-motivated, what's... Do we not see that in our society? People's lives are all about what is good for me. And people, you know, I, I thank God for all the encouragement that Abby and John heard yesterday from people, person after person after person saying, your life, your marriage, Christ must be the focus. Christ must be the center. And listen, when that fails to be true, listen, when she and I got together, it was that it wasn't fake and it wasn't, it wasn't you know, we had real love for each other. But it was a young person's kind of love. There's a different kind of love when you've grown and you've faced heartaches together. You've overcome some of your own idiosyncrasies, some of your own issues. 
And again, listen, when I was young, I had a me mentality. I had a, you know, what's good for me sort of thing. I never said those words, but that's that's kind of the default when you're, uh, is it fair to say every young person's like that? I don't know. <laughs> there is the, the holdouts, I guess, but uh, it, it is not uncommon. So anyway, my point is, is that as we grew both in the Lord and together, our love had to go past that initial kind of love, the kind of the thing that attracted, you know, it was, it was, you know, I didn't start dating her because I thought she was going to be a wonderful person. I was attracted to her. <laughs> I still am attracted to her. Thank God for her. <laughs> and uh, but the point is, is that uh, that you have to grow past that. You have to grow as a person and, and love. And, and let me let's just get to the to the, the, the chase of the matter. God has to be the one giving you the perfect kind of love for someone. Even then, we're, we still have that sin nature and still gets in the way. But the point is, is that as a society goes farther and farther from God being at the focus, then you see further and further and further people losing a natural love and affection. All of it goes. We need God at every level. We need God between every one of us. And that's, again, I thank God that Abby and John heard that repeatedly yesterday. Not that they had to hear it or something, but just that Christ should be the focus. Your marriage has the best chance of going forward if you both have Christ at the focus. Any man who puts his wife before the Lord is going to have problems. It's going to have problems. And, uh, and everything you love, you know, you know, you, know, you cherish, you know, and, and I've seen it firsthand. I've seen it where a man loved his wife more than was appropriate. And, and mo- I think it's common for people to kind of encourage that kind of thing. Love your wife, you know, and don't, don't let anything come above her. That's, that's not true. Our relationship with God is the most important thing, and, and here's where we have to go with that. You love God first and foremost in your life, and your love for your wife will be better than it would have been without that. Every relationship is improved by having Christ at the center and focal point of the life. Every relationship. And so um, so anyway, as we look forward, go forward here, to be able to sincerely thank God for brethren. Every time you think of someone, they must be truly special. This is the work of the Holy Spirit drawing us closer to Christ and each other. And so where we want to go with that is, or progressing to this thought, is that we're just talking about a, a, the best kind of relationship you can have with someone is if Christ is at the center, but specifically between brethren, between brothers and sisters in the Lord, God gives a special ability to love each other. And in a very real degree, it's the Holy Spirit inside you, inside them, helping you see each other, not just as Brett and Brother Bob, <laughs> but as, the, as God in Brett God and Bob. Praise the Lord. And that, amen. Praise the Lord. And that is the kind of the Holy Spirit helps you come together and integrate as a family in the Lord. And so that's the best and the strongest bonds that any relationship will have is when it's the Lord in you, between you, holding us, uh, holding us together. Uh, Patrick, you're going to say something. As you say, you were talking about uh, your wife being loved above all. Amen. And, and that's kind of like a, a perversion right. of the devil, basically taking something good right. and presenting it as good, but it's actually false. Yeah, that's that's a, a, a very good point to bring forward is that, you know, again, it's a kind of a, a natural mindset, especially in our world. Hey, if you say I love I, I love my wife or my spouse, you know, to the to the thousandth degree, nothing is more. You know, that's that's actually a recipe for for disaster. 
And, uh, and we just wouldn't want to have to be able to say that, but I think it needs to be said. Amen. And that's, that's the thing is that, uh, and like Patrick said, it's kind of like Satan bringing in a good thing and turning it into a bad thing by getting things out of order. And again, it's not something that people even think about. A lot of Christianity, and I'll, I'll put the quotes in the air about Christianity, because not everything that says Christian is Christian. But there are plenty of, of Christians in America that don't have the basics right. Now, and, 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 and when I say, you know, when we're talking about Christians in America, that's certainly including believers, people who are genuinely born again. There are plenty of believers who just don't have the basics right. God first. Isn't that the first commandment? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy mind, all thy strength. And what is Christianity in America today? It's taking God and fitting him in somewhere. That is a recipe for a broken church. You don't fit Christ in. He is the rock. (laughs) He is the rock. Amen. He is the rock. And there is you don't have a church if you don't have Christ at the center. And, uh, and, and listen, there is just no aspect of this. We, listen, we can't even just hear these things and get it right. God has to enable us at every level to make the choices, to put God first. At every level, God is the one who enables us to hear the truth, receive it. The Lord Jesus many times said, he that hath an ear, let him hear. We can't even hear <laughs> except the Lord should enable us to. to and, you know, John the Baptist You know, he said, make his path straight. God is the one who makes the path from the ear to the heart straight. In us, we have built in an obstacle course for the Holy Spirit to get the truth from our heads to our hearts. So at every level, we have to have God get the things that we need to hear to our ears. And from our ears, we have to have him get it to our hearts. And from there, we have to have him get it to our will. The ability to incorporate and make God everything that he should be. And then once you know the truth and you want the truth to be the the, the, the rock of your life, then you have to have God help you at every step of the way. And so anyway, <laughs> we're just that needy. Amen. 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 And so, um, okay. So for uh, this is a, uh, the, this love for brethren, this, uh, this is the work of the Holy Spirit drawing us closer to Christ and to each other. So I have three notes underneath that. And uh, the first one is Galatians uh, 5.22. If you'd like to turn there and read these with me. Galatians 5.22. Galatians 5.22 is, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. If you'll notice that this began with, it's the fruit of the Spirit. (laughs) You know, and I think so many times, it, you know, we, we share it in ways and, and we just, you know, we, we without even thinking about it, we just kind of tell, hey, hey, you need to love somebody. And yes, we need to acknowledge that, but it's God that enables us to do it. It's the Holy Spirit within, you know, and, and it's, you know, it's like every other thing, you know, your ability to repent and turn towards God. It's the work of God that enables someone to turn towards God. You'll remember the two thieves crucified, one on each side of the Lord Jesus. The Bible says when he was first being raised up on that cross, 
The thieves were just like everybody else there. The, 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 the chief priests, the Pharisees, they mocked him, they spat at him, they, they, they abused him. And the thieves were right there with him. The Bible says they cast the same in his teeth. What happened? One of them changed. One of them had a 180. And he saw something in Jesus. We, I don't want to add to the scriptures, but listen, in the time he was crucified next to the Lord Jesus, he saw something that changed his mind about who Jesus was. Heber rebuked the other thief, says, don't you fear God? Seeing we're in the same condition and we indeed justly, but this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Lord, remember me when thou comest to thy kingdom, Brother Alvin. Amen. Yeah, amen. And right. Amen. And the point that I'm I'm getting at is that was the work of the Holy Spirit <laughs> that brought that thief to the knowledge to see Jesus differently than the way he first saw him. And I, there's there's a server. We had breakfast mom this morning, and he had a tattoo on his arm, and I don't know exactly what it was, but I've seen it and saw. It some bad con, uh, con, uh, context. Uh, it's got bad connotations. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's some bad things. And, uh, and you know, the thing is, is I think there's lots of people been introduced to Jesus in ways that are not good. Miss Cassandra has a testimony. It always moves me every time I think about it. <laughs> grandmother. Your grandmother turned her away as hard as she could have from from the Lord Jesus. And thank God the Lord is up to the task of bringing her back <laughs> and introducing them her for real to, to who the Lord Jesus really is. Amen. And every time I've heard a thought about Miss Cassandra's testimony, it has always moved me. You know, and just do you want to tell her? Can I tell it? Or my, my Right. Push, push, push. I don't right. want to push. You know, I yeah. want to live my life. People, they ask. I, I don't want to be shoving it down their throat because I 
yeah. against my gut, what I'm supposed to do anyway. It certainly didn't help any of us kids. Well, and you know, James says in James 3.17, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and, uh, and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. You know, and, and for that matter, you know, it's, it's a good thing to hate sin. <laughs> but, to, but to attack someone else, and much less children, obviously. But uh, anyway, and, and that goes back to what we read here in, in, in uh, Galatians 5. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Love. <laughs> Joy. Peace. <laughs> Long-suffering. Gentleness. Goodness. Faith, you know, a lot of things you read in the Bible, if you learn to memorize the verse, you can rattle it off just like that. you got to be careful. <laughs> and look at what meekness, temperance, against such there's no law. The Holy Spirit at work in a person's life produces a life that the law finds no, no ding against. So when the Holy Spirit is empowering a believer to walk with God, all the things that God wants to produce in us are easy. They're easy for God. They're impossible for us. You'll remember when the Lord Jesus, he mentions it's easier for a, a, a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to go to heaven. There's something those disciples heard in that that obviously touched on mankind, not just a man who's abundantly rich. It's not just it's easier for <laughs> for a camel to go through the eye of an eel and for Bill Gates to go to heaven. It, it's not that we're all just not rich enough. The point is, is people. <laughs> people cannot get themselves to heaven. People, people can't even get themselves to see God the way we should. God has to do 100% <laughs> of the changing of the heart and the changing of the perception and the changing of the will. None of us are up to getting ourselves to be what we ought to be. And when we do, we're going to produce work similar to what Miss Cassandra saw. Yes, sir. It took me 60 years to be saved. And if I went you were a hard case, brother. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Well, and you were familiar with a lot of things about religion, about God and things like that. So um, a lot of the times, you know, it's just a matter of God unteaching us things. The, the thing is, yeah. how many times did I hear Tony say, are you saved? Well, brother, I got to say. You might think that you were, it took you a while, but I'm the slowest person I know. <laughs> yes, sir. Yep. Right. He wants to keep just like 
the guy that says, well, give up all you have and follow me. Right, rich young ruler. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, there's a... There's a, an aspect of that again that the that the uh, that the disciples heard, and it, the Bible says it, it astonished them. They were astonished beyond measure, if I remember correctly. And they said, "Who then can be saved?" And their 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 question is, according to what they heard, is it is impossible the way you're saying this for a man to be saved? And of course that stunned them. And the Lord Jesus said, "With men, it is impossible, but not with God. For with God." All things are possible. And what, what that tended to point to was a gap in which the disciples saw there's no way to cross over. There's no way. And so there's all kinds of things that Christ taught them as he walked among men. They never got it. <laughs> Not then. It wasn't obviously until the Holy Spirit came and started tying things together. But they, they heard things like that and they said, okay, this is impossible. And that, this is one thing I, I, I love about the apostles as we're recording in this you know at one point peter said where else will we go you have the words of life that was the end of john john chapter six and uh and it was after the lord jesus taught some things that were very hard on men's ears to hear he said except for you eat my flesh and drink my blood you have no life in you and the people that heard it there this is a hard saying who can hear this and even the, the Bible says even the disciples were stunned hearing these things. The Lord Jesus was not talking about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. He's talking about receiving him, <laughs> receiving the Savior. And the Holy Spirit makes something in, in completely impossible to the understanding of a man entirely possible for God. Yes, sir. It's all a metaphysical thing that's way out of my understanding until the Holy Spirit gives you the, the decoder well, ring. <laughs> when you want God's will to be done, and it is done, and somebody else, through that person's suffering, or through that person's yeah. just whatever, gets saved, oh, it's all good. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah, amen. And, and, and the, uh, the, song, the hymn that uh, Cody is always telling us is his favorite hymn, uh, It Is Well With My Soul. And, of course, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you have heard the testimony of that song. And it's where a, a man and his, uh, and his wife and daughter, daughters, they had to move uh, because I can't remember the scenario. But anyway, the wife and the daughters went over on a ship. They were crossing the Atlantic. Terrible accident happened. And all the, the both, the two or three daughters? Three, three daughters. Three daughters were lost. And they had just lost their son not long before that. I didn't know that. Okay. So she sent a telegram back saying arrived alone and uh he rode the ship back across the atlantic and the and the captain uh told him i just thought i'd tell you we're across the place where where uh, your daughters died and god gave him the song it is well with my soul now you tell me that a man can lose his 
all of his children. And, and we know God brought that to pass with Job. Job lost 10 children. But we, you know, this is something that is within our recent history in a matter of 100 years or whatever. And, um, and God was enable, a, enabling a man who had lost all of his children to be able to sing that song that is integrated in our church, our church society, It Is Well With My Soul. That's something the Holy Spirit can do in a heart and in a life. Listen, that, that's all revolving around the thing that none of us can do the least of things. And, and, and truth be told, it's more than just spiritual. I think that every aspect of your life, I, I think that, you know, and any of us who have ever laid our pillow, our head on the pillow and couldn't sleep, you just wish God would let you sleep. You know, there's sleepless nights for a reason sometimes. Sometimes you're meant to get up and pray, or maybe you're supposed to just get up, and there's some other thing that we don't know about. And there's sometimes God just wants to get our attention, whatever it is. But from the least of things, you know, just being able to lay your head on a pillow and rest, that's God's to give and God's to refrain from giving. You know, the Bible says, uh, you know, um, in Daniel chapter 5, I think it was, uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar's grandson or son, I don't know which it was, uh, you know, Daniel told him, you know, the, the God who holds your next breath in his hand, you've chosen to not honor. Listen, our place is to live out the truth that God is the giver of all good things, and there is not a good thing in life you can have apart from him except for him allowing us to have it. And America is filled with people that are experiencing the blessings of God on a daily basis, but are not giving God the glory for it. And and God's blessings are still on America. We still have grain. We still have the sun shining. We still have, we just got a a very good rain just two days ago. Melissa has a garden, so (laughs) I know when we need rain, and I know when uh, uh, God is the giver of every good thing. Every good thing, every day. And so commensurate with that is we need to praise God in ourself and our own worship and out loud. You know, David said, I'll praise your name among the heathen. If you think about it, praising the Lord together as brothers and sisters, glory to God. That's the way it ought to be. But we should also praise his name among those who don't know him. You know, and our, our thought is, is, you know, hey, you know, people, it'll make people uncomfortable. Let them be uncomfortable if they got to be. They need to hear God's praise. They need to hear God is the giver of all good things. And they need to hear it with joy in our hearts and on our lips, giving praise to God. And listen, I, I do believe that, that if we're going to talk about the Lord, you got to have a joyful heart and outlook and sharing for it to be effective. Or maybe you need to have the Holy Spirit giving you the right kind of of testimony. Um, the world needs to see Christ in us. You know, they don't need to just hear us quoting Bible verses. They need us to be like Christ to them. And so um, it's about that time. We're going to go ahead and close. I only got to one of my points, but <laughs> we'll get to the rest next week, Lord willing. All right. So uh, I got a minute or two. You may have any questions or thoughts before we close. Yes, sir. Here's the verse about the uh, eye of a needle. And again, I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter in the kingdom of heaven. I personally believe that that's actually literal, that it's not actually. That's the way I always right. think of that myself because it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter if it was a hole that was small. Right. 
or if it was a literal eye of a needle that a camel, <laughs> you know, I can't get a chihuahua through an eye of a needle, you know. <laughs> it's entirely impossible. That is the way that I look at that passage. Yeah, if it said the needle, I might think it might be a place. Right. But so, well, here's here's the point. I think that the way the, the apostles responded, they were astonished. They weren't saying, wow, you really would have to get pretty low. <laughs> they were astonished. Right. You're saying that there's no way except maybe some uh, the chances of an of a camel going through the eye of a needle. It's much, it's it's much less than bending down. Right. It's impossible. That's the way the, the apostles responded. What you're talking about is impossible in the, the way the Lord Jesus responded with. And by the way, what Alby shared is uh, I, I've heard that many times before. And it's it's a pretty good um, it's a pretty good analogy about humbling. Yeah, that a rich man's not willing to humble himself. But I agree that... Yeah, that, we talked about it at the pastor's... Thing. Okay, all right. Yeah, so. <laughs> but but I, I, I agree with Pat. The way, I, the way I tend to think about it is it's impossible. What they talked about was impossible. And so, all right. There's Brother Cody standing in for, brother, for our pastor. <laughs> I told my mom, pastor sends somebody in as a two-minute warning. <laughs> And at the at the five minute or at the, at the moment I'm supposed to be closing, Pastor comes in and stands with his hands in his pocket, and I've even got a phone shaking at me from time to time. <laughs> oh, it's all good fun. <laughs> oh yeah, yes. At that point in time, didn't people associate riches with being godliness? That that's didn't, a good point. Didn't they think that? Your right. material wealth signifies your blessings from Significance. God. Significance. Yeah. Yeah. I I I've got I've thought that before about people seem to attach prosperity with you're better as a person. You know, you're you're closer to God because you've already got a lot. I I you know because in James they said that uh, if you see a rich man come in, you'll treat him so much better. But if there's a poor man comes in, you'll disdain him. And Paul said, or James said that that's that's wrong. You treat everybody that comes in the same. But it does seem to point to that their society seemed to promote a thought that said that the rich man was better off, and his chances of getting to heaven or whatever, maybe just seeing as a as a good person, that the rich man was probably seen that way. Yes. Well, you know, you go back to Job. His friends thought he did something terribly right. wrong. Right. Right. Because he lost he everything. He lost all his riches. Yeah. That that's a pretty good thought too. Yes, sir. Real quick. I was just saying. Before I became a Christian, I was like totally healthy. And then when I became a Christian, <laughs> I did chastisement, and maybe I'm just not getting it. <laughs> I mean, I, I know that some things have changed, but yeah. yeah. Well, and, and you know, there, are, there, are, there is plenty of prosperity preachers, and we, we need to close before, before somebody gets sent in else to tell me to close. Uh, but uh, there's plenty of prosperity preaching out there. And like Patrick says, there's... It is the more accurate view to understand that becoming a Christian means that life's going to be hard, but at the same time, better. Right. Yeah. Amen. Hard, but better. <laughs> we know him and he knows us. Amen. 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 Okay, let's close in prayer. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the joy and the blessings. And the, Lord, uh, the, the doing of the impossible in our hearts and lives uh, and uh, the regular working of miracles. Thank you for the way you answer our prayers and the way you hear our cries. Lord, thank you that you are that God, and we thank you that you have made yourself known to us. Please bless your word to our hearts. Bless in the coming hour for your glory and all the needs that have been, been mentioned and the special family with need right now. Please help and bless them. We do thank you and ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.